Welcome to a new podcast segment here on Script to Screen, On Set, where we interview filmmakers to let you, the listener, in on their process and thoughts in their works. It was a pleasure having L.A. filmmaker and good friend Nicholas Manning Brewer and his director of photography, Fei Tong, come in to talk with me about their short documentary, Lumpkin, Georgia. Traveling to this small Georgia town, the filmmakers focus in the for-profit Stuart Detention Facility, whose contract with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, benefits the small Georgia town of Lumpkin via tax incentives. Through candid interviews with residents and county officials, a complete story of how bureaucratic systems and the people they target and benefit is revealed. I'll let Nick and Faye properly introduce themselves. Hi, my name's uh, Nick Manson Brewer. I am a co-founder at the production company, Standard Deviation Productions. Uh, and I directed the film Lumpkin GA, which funny enough started uh, closer to the beginning of the Trump administration. And now uh, we're at the end of the Trump administration. So it's been a, a four year process getting to this point, but I'm really glad to be here today. My name is Fei Tong, I'm a cinematographer, and um, I'm also co-founder of the Standard Deviations production, and uh, I work in, I shot both films, commercials, and documentaries, and this one is one of my favorite projects that I have ever worked on, and uh, I'm glad to be here to be talking about this with you guys. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you two for uh, joining me, and um, so there's a lot to talk about in this one, but I think I'll let you to lead first by asking, uh, how did this story come to you? Uh, the story of uh, Olympkin, Georgia. Yeah, well, Faye and I were both in uh, grad school at the University of Southern California. And uh, we were actually working on what was essentially my senior thesis. It was a school funded project that uh, I had been selected to direct about the opioid epidemic. Um, it was a documentary, and uh, it took place in Southern California and kind of focused on a group of families and people that were impacted by the epidemic. And uh, I asked Faye to be my cinematographer on the project, and she, uh, fortunately for me, agreed. And, uh, and so we worked on that for a semester in school together. Uh, came out with a nice little film that I, I still uh, really have a lot of fond memories from. And uh, in that process, kind of decided that we wanted to continue to work together. So I remember uh, about midway through the semester, I first, first proposed this idea that maybe we could go to Georgia and work on something. And I had already kind of been reading about the for-profit ICE detention system and, uh, and you know, the way it was interacting, specifically the way that ICE was interacting with counties in Georgia. And then I stumbled across uh, a massive ASL, ACLU article about, uh, pardon me, I stumbled across a, a, like this massive ACLU article about the, uh, the, the detention center that's known as uh, Stewart Detention Center located in rural Georgia in a very small town. And it's the second largest for-profit um, detention center for undocumented immigrants that have been rounded up by ICE in this country. And uh, people from all over the country ended up in this really small rural area. And I just thought that was kind of interesting, um, just given how small the area was in general, and then comparing that to all these people from all over the world ending up here. Uh, so I asked Faye if she would want to go to rural Georgia with me and, uh, and you know, surprisingly, she agreed. So we, uh, I think that was Faye's first time on the East Coast. And we, uh, yeah, we ended up in Atlanta a few months later and drove down. That's pretty much the story. Yeah. 
like it was actually a lot of fun and it was my first time in the east coast and also my first time in the south and i have never been there before and yes i have worked with nick before on the previous project who we are which is about um family who have lost their children to addiction during the um opioidic uh, epidemic and uh, it was a great experience working with him and then one day he approached me showing me this google map this overhead of the google map of the town which is like a really small town in the middle of nowhere and remotely a little bit away from it like it lays this huge facility which is this privatized um, detention center and that image itself it was just really fascinating to see and uh, instantly I was very interested in it because it's so just, even just that picture is visually fascinating. And, um, and then it's also like the intersection of so many problems of um, the United States at that moment and still as it is right now, I think um, the economy, the racial problem and the migration problem. And then, yeah, and then, I just got really interested and um, said, yes, I want to go down there and to see what it's like and um, see how we can like depict this story. Yeah, uh, so Nick, you said that uh, this is almost like a four year cycle process uh, for this, uh, for this uh, project right here. Um, so yeah, this, uh, Interesting little, interesting little encapsulation of uh, the period, certainly. But um, so, uh, what was the shoot like? You know, um, any uh, was there any good, uh, any good real stories or any any real inkling that you wanted any, any real angle that you start off with that maybe got a little bit uh, uh, that was that became different over time or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that. <sighs> One of the things that was really like a learning experience about this film is I think that when Faye and I first went to Lumpkin, uh, we were immediately struck by how kind uh, everybody in the town was to us. Uh, I grew up in Georgia, and so I have a lot of relationship to that state in terms of my uh, my identity. And uh, so going back was a was a very uh, a very like. Uh, profound experience for me personally, but also, you know, just going around this town, um, it was it was very clear that there hadn't, it wasn't common for people from Los Angeles or from far away to end up in, in this place and and to go around and actually talk to people. So I think that um, it may have been a, uh, it was it was it was definitely a, uh, I would say for us it was nerve wracking in the sense that. Um, this was a very new experience and, and we were the only two people we knew going on the ground. But I would also say that I, I was, I was just endlessly surprised by how kind people were and how willing people were to talk with us. Um, and, uh, and so I think that when the project started, Faye and I had this idea that maybe this would be a very micro short film that was very experimental and mostly about the geography and the layout of the place and I think that a lot of the cinematography does a really great job of conveying that um but I also I think we realized uh towards the end of our first shoot there and kind of what we had seen that 
there was a lot more to this story and that um, that we weren't going to be able to get it in one go. We were going to have to come back. And that eventually led to us going back repeatedly over the course of, of a year, a little bit more than a year, I believe. Um, and, and so it was, uh, it was a very kind of, uh, it was, a, it was a great lesson for me in, in, in how you make a documentary and, and some of the things you should do and maybe some of the things you shouldn't do. Uh, but, but, but a great, great experience nonetheless. Um, in terms of the specific stories, I mean, I'm sure Faye has a few, but, um, one that, one that came to mind was before we had gone, I read this, uh, this oral history of, uh, of, of growing up in this, uh, historically black community in Lumpkin that was written by this woman who at the time was, I want to say in her very late nineties. And, uh, and it was funny cause you know, when we went, I wasn't, I wasn't ever sure that I was actually gonna be able to track this person down. I had Googled her and tried to find her. And, uh, you know, within our first few hours on the ground, uh, I went around the town basically from one building to the next asking if they knew this and everybody knew her and everybody would point me to the next person until I ended up at a bank where this woman was actually her cousin and put me in touch with her. And, uh, and we ended up going to meet her, which was, which was a very cool experience. So, so, I mean, it, there was just, there were all these kinds of things that, that felt very, uh, felt almost spiritual about making it uh, and felt like there was some like kind of intervention happening on our behalf, I guess that, uh, that I remember. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Faye, I don't know if you have any. I would say, I would say, I feel like the whole thing was very spontaneous. It's like we talked to one person and it could be like a, uh, a lady from the, um, from the shop in the town and then it will lead to another person and then like it happens in a very spontaneous random way even uh, for the part that we finally got to interview like even um officials from the from the town who people who work in the the town administration and it all just worked out and that was really i think that was really interesting and i also had i feel like it has a lot to do with um nick's approach to do making documentary as well that we tend to trying to approach it as like human not like with an agenda we are not trying to like putting an agenda on top of a project but we are really trying to learn about people and we are really trying to learn about the place and I think that's how we how we got there and um, and I think how everything happened just like spontaneously and then expands which leads to many returns of our shooting it has also like a lot to do with the, the approach but that it was pretty interesting it was very magical yeah yeah you <clears throat> excuse me uh you spoke of the, the kindness of the the people and that definitely uh, comes the kindness and the the spontaneity that uh the the subjects that you interviewed uh, uh what, what you felt uh while uh, while there and uh, it definitely comes off with the um, in several interviews, you know, even though they're talking about some you know, horrific stuff that's going on, you know, right in the, literally sometimes their backyard. Uh, how did you, you, you kind of went into it a little bit, but uh, how did you determine who would you eventually uh, interview? And I'm sure there were some uh, probably other interviews that didn't make the final cut, but uh, how did you determine like uh, who would you going to go to to get the story, like get the full picture? 
Well, I think I think we basically tried to interview every single person that was willing to talk to us. I mean, there were some people that we waited for hours outside of their house, kind of, you know, to to try to get them to to agree to 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 come home and agree to talk to us. And you know, I think that um, that sounds a little stalkerish, but like in all seriousness, like we would we were very patient in how we approached this, and we genuinely made an effort to talk to everybody that we could. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I don't think we, like Faye said, we didn't really come at this with a, uh, we, I think early on, we kind of had an idea of what the story for this could be. But I think that one of the things that was immediately apparent was that, so you have this massive immigrant detention center that's literally like a mile or two miles away from the rest of the town. But you know, in our earliest interviews, a refrain that we would frequently hear was that um, it was kind of this out of sight thing that people didn't interact with on a daily basis. And really, you know, whether, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, I, I, I happen to think it, there's some truth to it, but I don't think people accounted for it in their everyday life. You know, I think that life in, in Lumpkin is, uh, was at the moment that we captured it, um, it, it was difficult. And I think that there are so many factors that they felt like and that they were experiencing that were stacked against them, that there were things outside of life beyond the detention center. And that's kind of what made the story interesting was because you're tracking these two systems happening simultaneously, one next to each other. And it's hard to think that there's a, uh, there's a coincidence in the fact that a huge for-profit detention center exists right next to one of the poorest towns in the United States. And I mean, I, I do believe in serendipity. I do believe in coincidence, but that's almost too big of a coincidence. Uh, you know, that, that is intentional, I feel like. And, uh, and it just became interesting because it would be very easy to, to make a lot of assumptions, I feel like, about who lives in this town, about their feelings towards the people. But I, I would have to say that in every conversation we had, people's answers almost immediately contradicted whatever those assumptions were. And I never got the sense that, um, yeah, I, I just, I think that it was, a, it, was, it was interesting in that way. And I think that I was kind of interested in, in, in understanding the experience of living in this town and kind of what that experience was like, but also trying to make sense of this much larger entity right next door. And so that's why I think a character like, or a person like Jorge, who comes in the movie, is kind of a good way to, to kind of see, it's a good lens to, to see a lot of this through, so, yeah. And I mean, to your question, just to bring it back to your question, I mean, like I said, every single person we met, there was no like plan of, oh, we have to go talk to this person at this time. You know, we met Jorge the day he was released and and talked to him almost immediately. Um, and we just happened to be there at that moment. It wasn't that we knew he was coming and and we planned it around him. It was just he was there. And, uh, and that, that was another one of those things that I would say was just like a very magical moment for us, you know, just being in the right place at the right time. 
completely. Uh, Jorge really is, uh, I would say, if uh, we compared this to a narrative movie, your star uh, sort of giving the, uh, the real true experience of uh, unfortunately being on edge the entire time of uh, whether or not um, whether or not he's going to go back in or not. Uh, he's the uh, <clears throat> he's the undocumented immigrant that's afraid that uh, there's going to be another. <laughs> they're just going to throw him back in and toss away the key, you know, and that's. Uh, it's an important perspective on, uh, <clears throat> that rarely gets as much uh, humanity uh, uh, humanity towards as uh, uh, with uh, regular media. But uh, yeah, you, Thank you mentioned you for saying that. No, no, I think it needs to definitely needs to, and um, I think it goes with the the overall tone. At least uh, what I uh, what I got from it was that uh, you know it's not here to sensationalize. It's not here to you know. Uh, glance over, uh, you know, glance, you know, try to try to push one agenda over the other or, you know, any ideology or how are, what are your feelings about the matter? It's just showing, it's just showing the real story behind this that uh, uh, really gets as much, uh, as much pull, as much of, a, um, uh, you know, just not as much, uh, not as much play. But uh, yeah, you meant, uh, I want to, uh, to sort of comment on the, the cinematography because uh, especially in documentary it's not really something that gets mentioned but uh, the sort of vignettes just around town I'm sure some of that it's just b-roll the, the stuff that uh, you just happen to come upon as you said uh, some things just happened out of uh, spontaneity but uh, was there any particular shot that uh, you really wanted to get or is there any sort of uh, or in that you wanted to impart a sort of a specific feeling yeah, I guess like <clears throat> what is a little bit different in Lumpkin GA compared to other documentaries I have made with Nick or or some other documentaries is from the start, we intend to make um, the town itself or to examine the town itself as a character. And from the cinematography uh, perspective that we I did the same thing that uh, we intentionally spent a lot of time um, just um, portraying the town itself and what are the buildings like and what are the streets like and by a very restrained, uh, in a very restrained way, which I think is part of me and Nick's personality, but I think which also works for the documentary that makes it not like too on the nose and not trying it's not like we are trying to force you to see something but we are just there to bear witnessing what's happening in this town or what is not happening in this town because like nick has said mentioned that the town is not the most prosperous um american town and uh, it is actually kind of saddening to see like the libraries have closed and the pharmacy has no longer been no longer there so we we try to spend a fair amount of time to do a fair depiction of the town without any judgments and also focus a lot of time in the cinematography to, to, to capture the details of the town, its texture, like how time has um, how time has washed through it, through the bricks, through the doors, through its locks, and also spend a fair amount of time depicting the detention center, of course, as much as we can and safely, and um, how much a contract that is 
I think makes uh, makes it a very interesting um, aspect of the of the the visual part of the of the documentary. Was there any attempt to, to uh, contact uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the the facility and uh, just as a sort of uh, 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 just to check off all your boxes, if nothing else, uh, just to, or was there any attempt made or is that just sort of uh, uh, a lost cause <laughs> sort of uh, to begin with? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I don't know how much to say about this really. I guess I'll just, yeah. So yes, there were a lot of attempts made, I would say um, over a prolonged period of time with several glimmers of hope um, that did not ultimately work out for us. Um, we were, we, it was expressed to us that our production was not uh, of a certain stature. And so for that reason, we likely would not be admitted. They would not be willing to give it the resources to admit us in to film because we were not a major motion picture, but we were also in this gray area. Of, there was a, there was a way in if we were a news company, but we were definitely not a news company. And so it was kind of, we were in this gray area where, um, you know, I don't think it was for like any malice or because they genuinely like were trying to, but I just think it's the bureaucracy of it all and that, that we were uh, we were declined um, uh, every attempt we made uh, to get in. So, um, you know, outside of making this film, um, I have been inside Stewart Detention Center. I thought that was important for, uh, for me to kind of know what this place was. So I have been inside um, and I've, I've spent time with a detainee there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, but I was able to do that as a private citizen and not as a, not as a filmmaker. And I, I think that that was, uh, for me, just as a, as a human being experiencing this, um, one of the things that, that I think kind of drew, drew us to continue to come back was, um, I think that there is, there is an imp part of what the detention, the ICE detention system does is it, it can be a very dehumanizing process. It's very removed, it's very cold. And, uh, and I also think that in, this may feel like a stretch, but I, I saw it this way repeatedly. I think that the experience of, of abject, you know, rural poverty is probably also a very dehumanizing experience for those that feel left behind by a lot of the rest of the country. And so in that way, um, I kind of, it, it helped me to kind of see this story through that lens. Um, this is a film about what happens when systems fail and, and the people that get left behind in that process uh, for me. And it's also at the same time about these people that are left behind in these processes trying to reclaim a sense of what home means. Um, and it just so happens to take place in this kind of magical town. Yeah, well, um, one of the things that I always uh, 
and see the people, you know, even though you're out in LA and uh, I'm out here on the East coast and in Boston, uh, you don't have to go far for a good story. Um, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, this kind of, you know, uh, really human interest story that, uh, that that's grown up, but, uh, you can all, you know, my own documentary work, which unfortunately uh, didn't go as far as you guys. Um, but it was more environmentally, uh, uh, centered on, but, uh, these kind of stories are all around. Uh, you, can just pick up a camera, you can just pick up an iPhone uh, in order to just start uh, documenting this because um, it goes to show that uh, really the, our corporate media just does not do us right in some uh, some cases. And now, you know, sometimes it's just asking us to be on-site reporters. <laughs> that really is the, in the age of social media, uh, these things need to get out uh, in however way they can. Yeah. I mean, I to your point, you know, I don't think that we are definitely not the first film or filmmakers to try to focus on Stewart Detention Center. But what I think makes our film different and what maybe what separates it is that we were, I think, I might be wrong, but I, in, my, in talking to people, I didn't get the sense that many people had actually gone to the townspeople and asked how they saw things. Um, you know, I didn't get that sense um, while we were making it. And I thought that's kind of what made this story interesting. I also think that the town itself has such a history that's kind of alluded to and explored in the film uh, that I thought, you know, it, it was almost like we have a character in it talk about the history of, of Native American removal, um, the history of slavery within that community. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at quoting people, but I, I believe the quote is that it's almost, it's almost too ironic that, that this is where a detention center would be. Um, you know, when we filmed that sequence, I remember that was always something that Faye and I had kind of talked about um, during our car rides. And, you know, we never had anybody say it. And when we interviewed Mac Moy, the character that the, the person that does, I, the person that does say it, um, I, uh, it, it was almost like reality just hit us. And I remember we just looked at each other after he's like, there was a pause because nobody had said anything like that to us before. This man who's a county official was the last person I would expect to say something like that to us. And the fact that he was the one that said it to us, just kind of put us on our butts for a second, I think. We were both kind of like, whoa. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah, that particular... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Faye. Oh, sorry. Uh, if I may add to that, I also think that's what Nick brought up is also very kind of crucial about us making this project is that we... I think we really go into the town and to really talk to people. And I think that's also what kind of thread the whole film together because we have talked to this lady from this convenience store, also a gun shop, that who used to be a um, employee of the store detention center who has worked there. And she has also being a town resident and she has also expressed her feeling to the town like her very personal how she feels this is this was her home and but it's no longer the same and how she wished her children would have would could have experienced the same home feeling that she has and it's 
just all this aspect kind of like threaded together through individuals. And I think it has, yeah. Yeah, when we were in the town with Jorge, like how he looked at this town is very fascinating. Like how he touched the bricks and how he still believes in um, the system of America is just fascinating to see as how these two, two worlds meet, I think. Yeah, so um, I guess you kind of went into it, but maybe uh, just to condense it, uh, what would you want audiences most to take away, uh, away from it uh, as either uh, as filmmakers, really, as, as, as storytellers, as, as I mentioned, sort of on-site reporters, as we are in sort of in this new social media age. Faye, you want to start? What did, what did, I'm curious what Faye wanted people to take away from it. I think you should go first. <laughs> what to take well, away from it? Yeah. You know, I think we live in a... Uh, it's funny you mentioned our social media time because I think social media and the algorithms that kind of disperse our information have really siloed off and created... Um, have created uh, our, own, our own realities for news. I see it in my family all the time. I mean, you know, um, and... I do think, so without getting too political about it, I think that the, um, I think that the previous administration was a wake up call to a lot of people about the treatment of people at the margins in our country and how they were gonna be impacted by this administration. And for good reason, absolutely, for a great reason, because um, things were pretty bleak for a while, I would say. and. But one thing that I, I wanted to be clear about in Lumpkin, Georgia, when we were making it, is that there's a longer view of this. And these problems didn't just crop up under the Trump administration. These were decades in the making, encompassing Democratic and Republican administrations. And I think it's very, it's very convenient to tell a simple version of history, but I have always been much more interested in, in the complexities that, that are within it. And I think that um, what I hope our film did is, uh, is not give, uh, it, it, I'm always encouraged when people say they did not get a sense that there was a clear point of view in the film, because I do have a very clear point of view about how I think about these things. And, uh, but I think that part of my interest in making this was, was talking about issues that I care about in a way that I thought people that I grew up with who I didn't necessarily agree with politically all the time would be able to digest and absorb and, and, and feel on an emotional human level that would kind of remove the political rhetoric that we're so often hearing in our mainstream media out of the equation and talk about these issues that are affecting all of us in a way that I, I think uh, touches in a very profoundly emotional and human way. And I, I, if I, there was anything I would, I would hope to, to come out of it, it would be that uh, 
but it can make people have a discussion about it. Um, and because I, I think a lot of a lot of that is missing from from our discourse right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be it. Yeah, and I think adding to what Nick said, and I also agree, and I also think it's what we share in similarity in the way that we, in the way, in the film that we want to make is, I'd really like to make films to communicate or start a conversation instead of giving an answer. And uh, we really hope that's what Lumpkin did and does. And, um, and I think it's kind of almost the opposite of the social media age, which is about giving very fragmented um, information and giving answers and perspectives on how you should think on things instead of giving the information and all the, all the sources for thinking. And that in this age, I feel like people tend to go into a conclusion really quickly. And what we hope to do with this film is the opposite of this age. We hope to give the space and blanks for people to really engage and to really think about things and uh, make their own takeaway from the issue and the film itself. And we do hope that's the kind of film that we can make. Yeah. And I think I would just, as a as a last thought to, to that is um about lumpkin specifically i i just uh i think that um that that we're rapidly i, I think along the lines of what Faye was saying we're rapidly getting towards this um towards this age where everything it seems to be taking place digitally or a lot of the world seems to be happening digitally Especially and i think now. a lot of it we're <laughs> Yeah, a lot of what was important to us in in this, yeah, especially now. And, you know, I think this was one of the privileges of making it at the time we made it, and it may be harder to do in the future, but I've always been a huge fan of, like, Studs Terkel, of this idea of going around and just, like, talking to people, because I think so many people feel like they're not heard in their daily lives, you know? And I think that for us, that's always been kind of a driving factor in who we interview and how we interview. Um, we have really long interviews. I mean, Faye can tell you, we sit there for hours and hours and hours and talk to people. And, uh, uh, and I think that a lot of that, and for, we have a good track record of people who don't typically open up to people opening up to us. And I think that, I think my theory on that is that a lot of people feel unheard in this area. And I think you can see that on you can you can see that play out on social media every day people feel unheard and i think that leads to a lot of the reactionary events that have happened um on, on the social media space and so i think that um that that uh one thing i hope we can get back to at the end of all of this is that we can once again go around and talk to people because i really think that that it really complicated how i saw a lot of this and i think it um it adds a lot of nuance to conversations. Um, but like I said, I'm not really interested in telling you exactly what I think about Lumpkin GA. And I, I love you, Jeff. It's no offense to you. And I'm happy to have a conversation about it. But, but it's not my interest to tell you what I think about it. It's more my interest to like make you 
ask yourself questions about it and reflect on how you think about it. Yeah. Well, that is a perfect filmmaker answer to definitely <laughs> let, uh, always let the movie uh, speak for itself. Uh, let the work speak yeah. for itself. Definitely. No, no, I, I hear you there. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, do you two have anything to plug? Want to plug anything else besides Lumpkin or? I think our uh, our friends at uh, Standard Deviation would get mad at us if we didn't plug the website. So you can kind of uh, you can check It'll be out in the description. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, to find it in the description, but it's standarddeviationproductions.com. We're on Facebook as Standard Deviation Productions. Ironically, with all this stuff criticizing social media, we're also on Instagram at a new standard. Um, so yeah, uh, check us out and. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter, but my thoughts on Twitter are very uninteresting, so I won't even bother. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, um, Faye. <laughs> That's not Faye? true, folks. <laughs> okay, Faye. No, I don't really have anything to plug in. I mean, I'm a cinematographer, so I wish to work more on interesting projects. And um, um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I just I think one thing I would want to say to end all this, Jeff, if you don't mind, is just that like I really one thing that I really think is important, um, and I think this speaks to why we're doing this today with you, but also just like the nature of my working relationship with Faye is it's always great to to be around uh, to work with your friends. Uh, it always brings joy to whatever you're doing, and so I think this e this conversation was very easy for me because. You're my friend, uh, and likewise, I think like Faye and I, part of the reason that we get on so well and work together so well is because we have a, a friendship kind of rooting all of that together. So, yeah. So work with your friends, everybody. It's important. <laughs> Otherwise, all those car rides will be a little bit unbearable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. That's a good note to end on. Where can everyone uh, stream uh, safely stream uh, Lumpkin, Georgia? So you can uh, you can stream it on Canopy now. It's now available on there uh, in its entirety. But uh, if you're interested in showing it at your school, uh, it's available through EPF Media. Um, we'll have a we'll send you a link for that information. But you can purchase a DVD for uh, for personal use or for if you'd like to have it for your home. You can also purchase it if you'd like to have it in your school library. So uh, so it's available there as well. So the movie is uh, Lumpkin, Georgia, directed by Nicholas Mandy Brewer, DP'd by Fei Tong, sorry, and uh, it's available on streaming. Uh, give it a uh, give it a look, definitely. Thank you, as always, for listening. We hope that this great interview and watching the documentary helps lead to more informed discussions about the pressing issue of U.S. immigration policy and the people most impacted and glanced over in the process. Links are available in the description to Nick and Faye's Standard Deviation production and where to find their work. Feel free to leave a, us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast and the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking on the support button at anchor.fm. You can find myself hosting the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com. You can join us by RSVPing to a virtual peer-reviewing scripts meetup by using the link in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and of life's pursuits. Continue on staying strong. <laughs>